Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Chris Collins, Stephen Robert Dominguez. Believe in us. Believe in Bigfoot Club. Because we are too sweet. Bigfoot Club, Season 2, Episode 15. How's it going, guys? What's up? It's going. It's going? You know. You guys excited about this episode? <laughs> another another oh. day in paradise. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. Yeah, you, were, you took a hiatus. Yeah, I took, took a hiatus and decided, <clears throat> des- decided to come back, I guess. So here I am. <laughs> so the story I kind of wanted to talk about was um, the Albert Osman story. And this is a story that I've, I know I've talked to you guys off show about this, but I, I've actually read this story in Apes Among Us by John Green. He released it in 1978. I probably read it like in 80 or 81. Uh, and it was a, it was a story that actually, um, it intrigued me because it was like, it was probably, this is probably the most first story I actually heard that, had physical uh, contact with a Bigfoot, right? And uh, so this one is like, man, I, I think I, I think I wrote a book report on it. I don't remember. I don't remember the grade I made on it though. They better give you a fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh what what was your initial reactions whenever you you heard this story? Um, I was I was kind of terrified because um. I, I didn't think that they could physically I didn't think they physically wanted to take anybody. So for them to take this guy, it was it was kind of like you know wow. I said I got to be careful if I ever, <laughs> if me and Michael Nunez ever go. To- <laughs> Have you looked him up yet? No. Yeah. Uh, you I need to find Michael. You need Nunez to find so Michael. I can take him out. <laughs> yeah. To the cabin or something. I know he he's gonna be a special special guest. On, Hell yeah. On the podcast. <laughs> But, so this um, was this was your first time that you'd ever been scared of Bigfoot. This was the first time that I actually thought that physically it could touch you and take you away because I just thought these were gentle giants and yeah. they were just like there and then they would just walk, walk through away the backgrounds and yeah. yards open. Yeah. So um, so did that intrigue you more? It it wanted me. I wanted to know more about the story. So um, and I think at the time uh, it happened. It happened to him in British Columbia, uh, Toba Inlet. I guess it is. I don't recall the story talking about what town he was from, but he took he took a steamboat from Lund, British Columbia. In inside, I guess uh, the the many uh, crevices in inside uh, British Columbia. So, and Toba Inlet was supposedly like one of this rural rural area, and it was had rumors that it had like gold mines, and so. Albert Osman was uh, he was a construction worker and followed like lumbering stuff like lumber lumber companies and stuff and so you know he had been busting his back on construction and then he says oh, you know I'm gonna take a vacation you know a couple of weeks I'm gonna go look for some I'm gonna go look for some you know lost lost gold mines and stuff like that but this is 1924 I mean who really 
who did that back then? I mean, because like a lot of people. That was like, <laughs> yeah, when they had like the, the gold rush in Alaska and stuff. Yeah, you know, like around the the late eighteen hundreds, yeah, eighteen hundreds. So yeah, probably wasn't that I mean, common. I mean, because like you, you think about it now, so he was, if he was as if Albert Osman was around today, he'd probably be uh, one of those guys that you know that you know skydived or you know bungee jumped or yeah, something. So- yeah. Seeker. Yeah, he's a thrill seeker. Uh, so. Adrenaline junkie. Yeah. So um he actually tells he actually tells a story. He waits to tell the story until nineteen fifty seven. He tells it to uh Providence newspaper, which I think now it's still going and I think it's like a tabloid type of paper now. But uh it's um <clears throat> he tells the story to them and in August twenty, nineteen fifty seven, uh police magistrate AM Nasmith wrote an affidavit that he found Mr. Osman to be a 64-year-old's age, full possession mentally, um, and was pleasant manner and good sense of humor. I questioned Mr. Osman throughout the reference of the story given, given by Mr. Green, John Green, and I cross-referenced him and used many and and he used many endeavors to find a flaw in either in his personality or his story. They could find neither. So he actually writes an affidavit. And he actually, I think it's uh, the Canadian Evidence Act, mm-hmm. where, they, where they actually have it on paper. So Saying that this guy is <clears throat> sane, yeah. nothing wrong with his brain. Yeah. He's so, full sound mind and body. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he actually tells a story. So I guess for some reason, I guess he hears stories, uh, other Bigfoot coming out. And so he actually wants to bring his out. So... He actually tells the story to the paper, and eventually he talks to John Green about it. And so John Green puts it in his, in his book, Apes Among Us, that he released in 1978. So, um, which I thought was kind of awesome. So, <clears throat> what do you, you know, you know, what do you guys think about it? I don't know. I, all I think I can, one of the things I think about is just like, how would you react? Yeah. In that sort of situation, you know, I, I don't know. But he seemed to really uh, handle it kind of smartly and yeah. well, and it was impressive if it happened the way he recounted it, you know. Yeah, he's, he was pretty detailed. Yeah, my, my thoughts, he wasn't going looking for this Bigfoot. He was going to look for gold. Yeah. And like Ash mentioned, for him going to do something completely different than what happened, for him to handle it the way he handled it, Yeah. I mean, I, I think he, and again, I mean, I always, you know, this happened in what, 20, there was 24 and it didn't come out until 57. Yeah. Um, and then John didn't put it in his ba- book until what? 78. 78. Yeah. So I always go back and look at the agenda of the, the person, what where they want to get out of it. Yeah. And obviously he didn't want to get nothing out of it, but, or he would have brought it up sooner. I don't know. He might have, might have not brought it up because he might have thought he'd look like a goofball. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, these big. Traumatic as fuck. Yeah, that, that's know? another thought. Yeah, yeah like snatched <laughs> up. Yeah, in his sleeping bag. Yeah, and stuck there for almost a week. So he um, he actually he actually takes a steamboat from Lund to uh, Toba Inlet, and Toba Inlet's really really rural, and he hires like a, a Native American to 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 guide him there. And so he he says in the book, he says that this guy's like he got the most talkative. You know, Native American mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm so like, 
I listened to that podcast and I thought that they were doing the the jibber jabber whatever language, but it was just them mocking this guy. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown's parents. Yeah, or or the teacher or the teacher. Yeah. So. So he gets he gets like a real talkative Na- uh, Native American guy, and he's a, he's an older older gentleman, and so he's telling them stories about Sasquatch this, Sasquatch that, and he's thinking he goes he's never heard of a Sasquatch. Yeah. He says, "Man, what is he talking about?" And he asks he asks the old man he goes, "What are you talking about, old man?" He says, "Sasquatch are hairy people that." He goes, "No, no." He says, "What yeah. what, what type of animal? What is type this, of animal? Yeah, Sasquatch." He says, "They're not. It's not an animal. They're people. They're they're giant hairy people, and they and they live in the mountains." And he and he was telling them about his his relatives how mm-hmm. they've seen footprints mm-hmm. how they've seen one and he cuts them off and says, "Man, you know I don't believe in your folklore and I don't that's probably like a thousand years ago but you know it's probably not there you know today and um, the Native American guy tells him there's not very many of them but they're but they still exist yeah so that was you know and he and and he said the the old Indian guy said the, the footprints that they were like twenty four inches long. Which is huge. Which is huge. I mean, that's a big footprint. They build them big up there. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest one, the biggest one that I've I've seen recorded here was eighteen. Yeah, eighteen inches. So, and he said um, over eight foot, over eight, over eight foot tall. With with the the footprint being two foot long, twenty four inches long. Yeah, that is that's big. So he, he, you know he gets there and he um, he makes he makes camp. Like in, in like like in that town in Lund, and so I think the the Native American stays with him the first night, and he cooks supper. And the next morning, he gets up, he goes to the goes to the store before he get you know he embarks on mm-hmm. uh, his quest. He gets like supplies and stuff like that. So he gets like you know sugar, salt, matches, canned stuff, uh, side of bacon, four pounds of prunes, and this was kind of this was kind of I, I had to actually look this up. Rye King hardtack. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah. I go, what the heck is that? So I looked it up and it's like, it's like, like, like a brick bread, you know, almost made for like, like travel. Yeah. Like a really thick and hard yeah. cracker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more like a cracker than it is, yeah. than his bread. So, you know, he gets stuff like that. He gets, um, some snuff and, um, three pounds of pancake flour, gets a box of shells. And then he starts hiking. You know, he starts hiking to the spot. He says that he goes like a thousand feet up, and he overlooks the sound and the and the the inlet stuff like that. So, um, he's he's there. I think the 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 first night. I think he he just he looks around and looks for mines, and he actually kills a deer and does some stuff like that. And I think like the th- third or fourth night, he actually finds an area. He says, "Okay, I'm going to make this my permanent camp." Finds two willows, finds a a big old wall, uh, rock wall. So he, he, you know, he leans against it, stays there the first night. He's a he he notes that he's a heavy sleeper. So, yeah. So he's sleeping. He's sleeping. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's sleeping through the night, and he wakes up the next morning, and he notices like his stuff was messed with. You know, nothing's nothing's missing, and he's kind of okay. You know, whatever. You know, probably thinks it's like porcupine mm-hmm. or, or a raccoon or something like that. So the second night, he, he decides, you know, okay, I'm going to keep my rifle close. So he tucks it under his sleeping bag. 
And, you know, goes to sleep again. And then he wakes up the next morning and he's missing, I think, his prunes and his uh, three pound of uh, pancake flour. He's missing. And so he goes, oh, man, this got to be a porcupine. And I like how he says, he says porkers. Porkers. Or porkies. 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 He calls them porkies. And so he goes, I hope it's a porky. I want to have some good porky stew. <laughs> so, which I thought was kind of funny, but, you know. Um, so he goes in, he goes in um, uh, the, the third night of this contact. He, you know, he says, I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to have my rifle closed. So he climbs up on the, the rock wall so he can have a good view of the, the camp. And, um, so he takes a mental note of all everything where everything's at. So he decides to stay up. He keeps he keeps his shoes inside his bag because he's, he was kind of noting that the porcupines like to chew on leather, and obviously his shoes are leather. So he puts it inside his bag, puts his rifle inside his bag, tries to stay awake, does it, falls asleep, and um, I guess um, this this Bigfoot comes around and dumps everything out, dumps all you know, and then. All of a sudden, picks his, you know, picks him up, and so he's he's he feels like he's being carried. So I think his his thoughts is that he's in the avalanche, like a snow avalanche, or he's on top of a bareback of a of, of a horse or something. But then he realizes, you know, oh, okay, I think I'm being carried by this Sasquatch, but that Native American was talking about. Because man, I wish I had paid attention to what he was saying. Yeah, so. he's probably like, listen, <laughs> this is what you do. You need to put up your food. Yeah. You need to not sleep in a sleeping bag on the bare ground. So, so he's 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 being carried, and you know he talks about it in, like in the article that you know that he's hot, and he's almost like in a sitting position. So he was trying to he was talking about maybe cutting his way out, getting you know getting to his knife. Yeah, his, he said his knife was near him. So yeah, it was like it was like he was sitting on top of it or something. Yeah. And so he he kind of he kind of says that you know whatever this thing was carrying him he could he could tell it was walking on two feet. And then, like, it was, it was, like, breathing really hard and then coughing. So um, he could feel this thing going up a hill and this thing going down a hill and going up a hill and down a hill. And he, he – I don't know how he gets this, but he estimates that that he was being carried for three hours and maybe 25 miles. I don't know how he got that. But, yeah. Um, maybe just based on where he ended up when he got away. Right. So at this point um, – I remember reading this as a kid. I said, "Man, I was I was I was pretty scared for him." It was almost like it was almost like, "Man, I hope I hope he didn't get eaten." Well, he's telling the story, so I guess he's okay. He didn't, yeah, he didn't get eaten. <laughs> he, didn't get eaten so. he was only partially chewed. Yeah. So so uh, this this Bigfoot finally stops and finally you know drops him, and he rolls down a hill, and he, he uh, the the Bigfoot drops his. His uh, backpack too. He can hear like the cans rattling and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, I think he he gets out. And his legs are numb. He's trying to he's he's trying to figure out who has him. And he says he can he can figure out like four silhouettes, and like was too big and too small. And they were they were chattering. Yeah, that that's one of the things that really stood out to me is he yeah. said they were chattering in a language that he did not know. Yeah, he this, couldn't understand. And this was before anybody actually ever knew that Bigfoot's chatter. Yeah. So I thought that was. That was kind of cool. That was that's one thing that that stuck out in my head. I was like, hmm, this so, thing, this thing, they're chattering with each other. So he he goes on, and I think he looks at his his watch. It's like four thirty eight a.m. and I guess three hours. He's probably taking like after after midnight or something like that. So I thought I thought that um, 
that part of the story was was actually you know for him for him to because it seemed like he was so calm when he was talking about it but i'm you know i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure he wasn't but he, he just like the way the the john green was writing it down like he's really calm and he you know he figures out it's like it's the sasquatch and he says what do you fellas want with me yeah <laughs> but you know who's who says that to a, a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot? Well, I mean, and then he they says, told him that it was people. Yeah. yeah. I described it to him, so it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And then it says the answer that he got was only more chatter. Yeah. Which which I thought was really, really good. So um I I, I thought it interesting too that um he talked about in here and I think it gives more insight into the actual situation that he was in because he talks to, he said, I tried to massage my legs to get yep. some life in them and get my shoes on, you know? So he was in this uncomfortable position for this long amount that his legs are yeah. falling asleep. He can't move them. You know, he's trying to get life back into them. That's creepy, man. It is. It and is. then you're seeing these four like silhouettes off in the dark and that's scary stuff, man. You can't run. Yeah, you can't run. You can't do nothing. He don't have his gun. He has his knife. I can't knife, get off but... the couch, okay? I have... <laughs> yeah. I'm really bad about sitting like that, and then I'll go to try to get up, and then... I was just... When I read that, I was thinking to myself, if I was in that situation, I'd probably be peeing myself and pooping myself, because yeah. that's freaky, man. Knowing you can't run, you can't get away, you've just been carried what he estimated 25 miles, and... You have nothing, you know? Yeah. He, and then the day before they, or a couple days before they took your pancakes, man. Come on. <laughs> and your mac and cheese. <laughs> and your mac and cheese. And his prunes. Man. Um, well, he needs something to get all that, like, uncooked pasta out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was saying on there that, he was saying that, that they were chattering, and he said the female, the which he called the old lady, didn't seem really pleased that, that the old man brought him home. So... <laughs> <laughs> Which, which I Are you cool. going to take him out? I know. Are you going to feed him? <laughs> you brought this here and you didn't ask me. Are you going to clean his litter box? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going to have to do it because I do everything. Oh, the kids are going to do it? No. No. You know they're not going to yeah. do it. <laughs> he, you know, he says he was like in a small valley, uh, basin eight to ten acres, and it was surrounded by mountains. And yeah. There was one opening. And what are the odds of that? One opening. Yeah, one opening, yeah. Like a V-shaped opening was like, he said it was like eight feet in the bottom, 25 yeah, feet. Yeah, 25, yeah. And he said that as he, as he was getting his feelings back in his legs, that the old man went to go stand, went to go sit at the opening. So he goes, I guess I'm not leaving anytime <laughs> soon. So um, he he did say that, um, that, the, that the young boy and the young girl were, were hiding behind bushes, looking at him. They were kind of scared at. They were like scared of him at first, and eventually, I guess they came out and they were like trying to see what he had. They were kind of interested in what he yeah. had, you know. So when he was, I think once he he got his bearings, he started going through his gear, so seeing what he had left, you know, yeah, what he had left over and stuff like that. So he didn't ha- he didn't have a whole lot of stuff. I think he had like uh, that tack. That king rye tack, tack bread, some butter, um, some coffee, some snuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So he he didn't have a whole lot. So anywho. So had a dish towel. Yeah. 
he said that uh, he, he, you know, he ends up um, he ends up giving the young boy uh, a snuff box just to play with, and he he said he he grabbed it he grabbed it quick like a cat, just grabbed it really quick, started playing with it. He was, he said he was also kind of surprised at how he figured out how to open it and close it. Yeah, and so he would grab it and then take it to the old man, and the old man would chatter with him, and then he would just you know you know continue to play with it. So, mm-hmm. um, next, I, go ahead. I was going to say, whenever, because you were talking about him talking to the old man, it said the young fellow pointed to the old man and said something that sounded like, and it's O-O-K, like ook. Ook, yeah. That, ook. I think that was like later on, though. That was like later on toward toward. Was that, was it, am I jumping ahead? Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Um, so the next morning he gets up, and I thought this was kind of interesting. This kind of, this kind of caught my eye, like big time. He gets up, he decides, okay, I'm leaving. He packs his gear. Starts walking toward um, the entrance, and the old man stands up mm-hmm. and okay. puts his hands up like, like to push him, like, and he and he he comes up with the word suka suka, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, and so I've heard stories about uh, Bigfoot trying to lure people in and kind of do like a, you know, come here. I've mm-hmm. heard stories about that, and for them for him to use his hands and then. Um, I think I, I think I talked to Billy Simmons Sr. before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that he had heard stories about, about Bigfoot's using sign language and a yeah. lot of hand mm-hmm. movement. So uh, when I saw that, I, I was I was interested, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. So. Well, I kind of wondered about that, too, because yeah, I got that, that Ogham book over there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say that they think that it was invented by... Uh, it originated from actually uh, hand signals because it's like usually five line right. repetition or whatever, and they think that that might have been the origins of it. It's people doing like that, and eventually led to them writing it down, and then hmm. from there. That's so. that's, that's kind of scary though. Is it? It is. It because because you don't you don't expect that. It's interesting though. As it's I very mean, very interesting. I mean, we know we teach primates sign language all the time. Yeah, that's true. That mm-hmm. Because they can't re- verbalize. Um, yeah. Amy, Amy, good gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I li- I like what he said in here. <laughs> he yeah. said, he said after that happened, he said if I had to shoot my way out, a thirty thirty might not have much effect on this. Yeah, fire. that's what mm-hmm. I was actually about to say next. So, yeah, so. I was like. You know, a thirty thirty is a brush gun. It's it's a, it's not like a long distance gun. It's for like brush, in the when you have a lot of brush hunting deer or anything. Isn't that what uh, Chuck Connors used to carry? Mm-hmm. A little thirty thirty. Yeah. So when he was yeah yeah, I still love that show. But anyway, but he he saw the he saw the pin off, so he could do it really fast. How? But. Thirty thirty is a pretty powerful gun. I'm not saying it's like one of the most powerful guns. Yeah, but it's it's it a kick to it. It's got a it's. I mean, it's pretty powerful. It can knock you and I down. Oh, easy, but, easy. Uh, but it'll take it'll take a buck down, easy. So for him to look at this thing and say, "This thirty thirty ain't gonna do much." Yeah, he was. That's to, a big old sucker. He was trying to figure out a way to get out of there. He had to think of another way. He says, "Man, I gotta I gotta make friends with the uh, the young boy and uh, the young girl, and figure something out." And um, he says the uh, the following day, 
that he didn't see the old lady until like four o'clock, and she she came back with like uh, full of grass, twigs, spruce, and hemlock. And see, what some did nuts. I tell you? Yeah, she ended up having to feed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think at this point he was he was like kind of putting his plan in motion. So he had he had like a snuff box, and he had like maybe a teaspoon of snuff in it. So he hands it to the boy, and the boy like licks it. And um, he runs and shows like uh, the old man and stuff, and there's like you know more more chatter. And then um, he uh, he decides to make he, which I thought this was kind of neat, that he makes he make he calls them dippers. He he has like mm-hmm. the the those those tin cans, mm-hmm. cuts a hole in it, puts a piece of wood through it, so they can like he was showing he was dipping water from that because that this area had a spring. Mm-hmm. And so he dips it and starts drinking out of it and like starts smacking his lips like it's real good and stuff like that. So I thought that was, I, I would, if you were to, if I didn't know anything, he did construction, I would have said he was probably like a, in theater or something. Yeah. This guy, because like he was, he was trying to sell it, you know, big time. So, um, so he, you know, he gives, he gives this dipper to the, uh, to the young boy and the young boy gets it and, um, he he runs and gives it to his father. I already said that, and then he comes back to him and he points at the dipper and then points at his sister, which I thought was really really cool, communication wise. Mm-hmm. And then so he says, "Okay, I guess he wants me to build one for his sister." So he he makes one for his sister. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Any you guys have any thoughts on that? That was. It's very nice. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> right. to be good to his little sister. Yeah, I I think it is. It's. I mean, obviously, communicating in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know how to talk to this other person or this other being, but yet it's getting its point across very intelligently. Yeah, and so whenever he makes it for his sister, he actually smiles back at him, Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. And then at that point, he, he pulls out another box of snuff, puts the snuff in his mouth, and then smacks it again. You know, mm, this is good. Yeah. And um, the young boy turns to the old man and points at him, and you know, and says, "Look, that part, yeah, that part that's the part, talking, yeah, the part you're talking about." So, um, so Albert had the idea that the old man liked to snuff, mm-hmm. and so I think this this was probably his like his last his last plan of motion to to go in, to go into place, which I thought was kind of was kind of cool. And um, you know, he shook his head no, you know. Because uh, I think he was motioning to his, because you know, he wanted. I guess he wanted him to give the snuff to the young boy and give it to his dad, mm-hmm. to his to the old man. So I think he shook his head no and said, kind of waved his old man to come in. But I guess he didn't understand it. And so I think they they didn't they didn't come around, they didn't come by him like for the rest of the rest of the day. So then he goes in to describe this, and this is which I thought was kind of interesting. He says the young boy was between 11 and 18 years old, uh, about 8 feet tall. No, 7 feet tall, about 300 pounds. That's probably like an average Bigfoot here. Yeah. So uh, that's the stories I get from most of the sighting reports here. They're like 300, 3 to 400 pounds, seven, like 7 foot tall. So that's, this would be a Texas Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and, a and Canadian went, teenager. Yeah, he was a Canadian teenager, and he would probably eat people in Texas. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because that's something you hear about all the time. Yeah. 
his chest was 50 to 55 inches. I, I don't get this part. And his waist was like 36, 30. What was he, a tailor? Yeah. <laughs> a tape measure had, or something? Had a, yeah. He was around him for six damn days. <laughs> he had a lot of time to take him in, man. Yeah, his tape measure and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking that's... Making a suit for him. <laughs> I mean, it's just a guesstimate that he... Yeah, like, yeah. That's pretty his good, His body though. tapered, you know. Yeah, and, you know, he needed to get back home to his, like... His, to his uh, not being kidnapped by <laughs> a family of Bigfoot. I was going to say his uh, tuxedo tuxedo shop. So <laughs> tuxedo shop. So, so he, he said they had wide jaws, narrow foreheads, slanted upward, round, and uh, round toward the back. Uh, four, four to five inches on the forehead. He said they had hair uh, on their heads, were like six inches long. So he actually never saw their ears, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of odd. I guess they had, they had head hair. Like yeah, they had hair covering hair. it up. So, and he said uh, they had hair the rest of the bodies, and some some areas were short, and some areas were, were thick in some places. And um, he said the woman's for the woman's forehead. Uh, and I thought this was kind of it's kind of funny that her hair turned upward, like she had bangs, like it, like she had bangs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. so. <laughs> So he says that, and see, and he says that, uh, and he says uh, among uh, hairdos, hairdos from nowadays. That's what he says. Yeah, nowadays. Okay. So she had like the big poofy bang. <laughs> yeah. So she was a she was a trophy mom. She gave herself a quarantine haircut. <laughs> I, th- I think I think the next thing he says about her is pretty funny. Yeah, I was talking to Ash about this. Uh, her tigos. Yeah, and. <laughs> He was saying that she was like between forty and seventy year, years old, yeah. and uh, and she was actually pretty big seven seven uh, seven feet tall, five hundred six hundred pounds. So that's pretty big. Had wide hips, a goose like walk. <laughs> yeah, if you have you know two kids, they're like seven. You know, hey man, if you have those tall, big old monsters, <laughs> that's gonna kill you. Yeah, I don't know why y'all are looking at me. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says he says that she wasn't built for her beauty. Yeah. Yes, she's a Sasquatch. What what do you think? According to you, you racist fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess that would be like a species. Yeah. He says uh she wasn't built for beauty or speed. But he says some of those lovely braziers <laughs> and uplifts would have done great improvement on her looks and figure. What was he gonna ask her out or something? What's the deal? <laughs> Listen, if she's between, if she, if he was guesstimating, she was between forty and seventy. She looks exactly how she's supposed to. Yeah. And what does she care? I mean, <laughs> what? Yeah. She's out here in the you middle of the woods. Get a little nip tuck. Yeah. And have a lift done. I guess. I just thought that was hilarious that he put that in there. So, I thought that's funny. <laughs> so he, you know, he goes in. The, he goes into detail talking about the the old man. Is that you know he. He had really long teeth, but they weren't like tusk. And then uh, it talks about their barrel chest and a big hump on his back, uh, powerful shoulders. Uh, his biceps and, uh, and upper arms were enormous and tapered down uh, to his elbows. Um, and they were proportioned. And um, his hands were wide and his palm was long and broad and hollow, hollow like a scoop. And he, this is what I thought was interesting. His fingernails were like chisels. So... He's like he's like saber tooth. Yeah, like Wolverine. Oh, I kind of took that as like they were because the chisel is like flat on the end. Yeah, and you you rarely hear anybody talk about something like this. And he says, um, 
that the the soles of their feet were padded like like a foot of a dog, mm-hmm. and uh, the big toe was longer than the rest of them, and it was very strong. So I think he, we didn't, I didn't really talk about it before, but he said the whenever the days he was there that the young the young ones were always climbing stuff. Not like kids do. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were climbing stuff, and he, he and he said that the young one used his big toe to grab onto like rocks or trees or whatever. So, um, which I thought was kind of. It's kind of interesting. Um, uh, let's see here. And they're very agile. And this is actually, I've never heard anybody talk about this one either. Uh, whenever they sit down, they turn their knees out and go straight down. Like to, mm-hmm. like, like to sit on the ground. Mm-hmm. And when they get up, they do the same thing. So without using their hands. Yeah, like I, think, down. Yeah. I think of one of them old school car jacks. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think of how it goes up and down. That's like, you know... Leg leg strength wise, you have to be pretty dang strong to do that. Yeah, I, especially if you're four between four hundred and seven hundred pounds. Yeah. So, but that's what I think of when I when it when I read that I was like them old school jacks that would go down in the middle and then two. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Scissor yep. Jacks yeah, scissor jack. Yeah. So he was also saying that um, that he thought that this was not their permanent home and he thought that they moved around. I don't know how he got that assessment, but um. And he Maybe said, just that it didn't look very lived in. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying that they they didn't eat any. He didn't he he didn't see them eat meat, but you know, um, and they and they did stuff for a purpose. So if they they were gathering food, they gathered food, and if they they weren't doing it, then they were arrested. Except except for the young ones, they were like out moving around and stuff, exercising and stuff like that. So. Yeah, he mentioned about. Um, it not being their their home because he said something about the the plants there were in season in that area. Yeah. So they were like abundant, like the the plants there were abundant because they were in season. So that might be one of the reasons why, um, it was just like a uh, like a what do you call it like a um, makeshift home or like a just a part time home or nomad nomad kind of thing. Yeah. Mike. Um. Migrate, yeah. Um, They're just my. That's that's what I was thinking of. They're migrating to where the food is, or to where the 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 harvest is, or whatever. So not only not only this guy's a prospector, he's a tailor, <laughs> and he's a herbologist. <laughs> <laughs> so he's yeah. a Renaissance man, a man's man. Yeah, he's he's a 1924 man. So, um, and I've never heard anybody talk about stuff like this before. He said their favorite position was um. Like uh, we was talking about the about the young boy playing, and he said that um, that he he would he would hold his hands on his feet and bounce himself on his butt, and then like <laughs> and then like move Rock. and like you know bounce or I don't know I don't know how it how does I don't know it sounds like my dog. Just, bounce, yeah, bounce yeah. forward. I was gonna say you need to watch Tyler Rain because like that's how he watches TV. Like he'll have his leg over his shoulder or something, and just be like. <laughs> In all kinds of weird positions, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give him, give him a couple of years, and he'll be eight foot tall too. So it says he was bounced forward, and sometimes he would. He said it would reach twenty feet. That is some jumping, bo- yeah, booty bouncing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think at this point, I think he was like at his. 
he was at his last straw, and I think uh, it was like the sixth day. Yeah, he was, he was with him. And, sixth day. Uh, sixth day was with him, and uh, so the next morning he wakes up, has breakfast, drink, he drink, he's drinking coffee, um, and he's smacking his lips, you know, drinking coffee and stuff like that. And the young boy like is close to him, and the father. I just at this point, the father was getting closer and closer to him too. And so he he's finished up his breakfast and. Um, he pulls out the, the box of snuff. And so he pulls out a box of snuff, grabs a pinch of it, and he's in. he puts it in his mouth and smacks his mouth. And uh, before he could put it away, uh, the old man leans toward it and grabs the box. And so as he's doing it, he's he's still holding on to the box. as He's trying to convince him to take a pinch. Mm-hmm. Like he did. Because <laughs> he's trying to be conservative. Because he says, I think he says he had like two more or three more boxes left. And so... Uh, this Bigfoot, uh, the old man, grabs the whole thing, dumps it in his mouth, and you know, licks it out. And then within minutes, his oh, eyes, yeah. his eyes start rolling back. <laughs> and so uh, his eyes start rolling back, and he actually says that. And I've heard other people talk about the story too. Uh, other people say that they've heard Bigfoot squeal like a pig, mm-hmm. and I've heard that before. So when he said that, it had to me, it had some validity to it. And uh, he said he was squealing like a pig. And that he would, uh, I can't remember if he said he was doing cartwheels or flips, but he was like, he had his his head like between his legs. Yeah. And obviously he was. Like in, you do when you feel like you're going to pass out. Yeah. That's what I took it as. So, mm-hmm. and that's probably a lot, well, that's probably a lot of, a lot of snuff he swallowed. Ooh. Yeah. So. <laughs> a can. So, so I think at this point he, he grabs his coffee and drinks it. And then still doesn't feel well. And then he runs down to the spring. That would make it so much worse. <laughs> a whole pot of coffee on top of all that tobacco. Yeah. So I think at this point, Albert feels, okay, this is it. I got to I gotta make a break. So he, he gets his gear, starts packing as fast as he can. And I think the young boy sees what he's doing. And he's like chattering toward the old lady. And so he grabs his pack, starts heading toward the entrance. And he realizes that the old lady's following him. And he makes it to the clearing. You know, he, he 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 turns his rifle and he shoots over her shoots over her head. And I guess she's never seen a gun. That's what he was saying. And then she turned she turned back and started. She went back in. At this point, he's like running down the hill as fast as he can. And uh, I think he says he makes like three miles in world record time. And so he stops and rests and he takes a high point and. Tries to see if the old man's gonna come after him. He could at least see him. And um No, he was fucked up. <laughs> he was messed up for yeah. a long time, probably. So I, I think at this point uh, it, it kind of ends from here. And then he like talks about how he's he's slowly making it back to civilization and he sees um I think uh the river and he sees like some some tugboats and then he thinking he hears like some lumber stuff and so he he tells i guess whoever finds him and he says i was you know prospector and i was lost never tells anybody about mm-hmm. never tells anybody about the about the incident and stuff so makes it back to civilization and he says he knows for a fact that there's four sasquatch in that area but probably two now because he said the old man and the old lady's probably dead i don't know why he said that but well, it had been 30 years. And yeah. They were pretty old at the time, or appeared to be. Yeah. So, I, I thought it was an interesting story. Any any thoughts on that right now? Yeah, man. I mean, he probably didn't say anything because he didn't want anybody going back in there. Yeah. Other than, I mean, you know, they probably hear shit like that all the time up there in that part of the country. And those people like to, to drink and whatnot, but... 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That would be my first thought. It's like, I'm not going to tell anybody because what do they want to do? You know, all you know, in these rough and tumble places, probably someone wants to go get some bragging rights or right. whatever. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought it was interesting because there's like, there's some points on on this story that Albert does. There's no way he knows about any of this stuff. He doesn't know about the chattering. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know about the slope of the heads, uh, the, maybe the padded feet. Um, uh, well, if it's true what he says that he'd never heard of a Sasquatch before, right. if that's true, right. he has zero point of reference for anything that he saw or heard or encountered. So my thing is, is he should have listened to the Indian. Yeah. First yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. Tale but, is old as time. <laughs> but two, the amount of detail that he puts into this story is incredible um, um for him to two things stick out in my mind just off the top the detail and the fact that i think it if it were bigfoot it just solidifies that they're not mean they're not angry they're not there to kill they're just curious right um they didn't most want him to leave most of the time yeah most of the time <laughs> at this point they weren't i mean this is obviously a foreign being in their area and they probably didn't have any reason to be afraid of him. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They might yeah. have never ever seen a human being before. They're just like, what the heck is this? I like your snuff. Um, it gives me a nice buzz, but then it makes me. <laughs> and pancakes. I'm sure they love the pancakes yeah. and, and prunes, the mac and cheese and, and prunes. prunes yeah. So, but anyway, the, the detail that, that he puts into it is just, I mean, I think he'd be hard pressed to find another story with this amount of detail. Yeah. Uh, in, in John Green's book, I do remember that um, he, he um, was talking about that he would, he was going through a lot of his notes and he actually still kept the list that he, the list of items that he was going to acquire for this trip. And so it, it hmm. he was uh it was pack rat probably. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And John John Green's assessment was that the old man took Albert for the young girl, Good. and so I I didn't I didn't talk about this part uh, hmm. like yeah. in the story, but um, Albert talks about you know he was, he was describing the the young girl and that if he were to take her back because she he he felt that she was harmless and she wouldn't hurt anybody she's kind of timid and shy and that if he took her back that he had to keep her in the cage. That's what you know, sell tickets or something. And so I just I thought that was kind of odd too. So I didn't I didn't talk about that like in the story, but I think it was probably tongue in cheek. You know, yeah. I don't think that he would ever actually actually contemplated that. Because yeah, I got to just be like, well, what would I do with like she was cool and she probably could hang out, but what would I do with her once she got here? What's my angle on this one? <laughs> do I teach her how to do? I teach her how to cook. I mean, I can't take her home from my mom, so. Um. So I know we were talking off show about about primates um, taking taking people or babies or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you guys want to touch on that really quick? Well, not just baby, but kidnapping other baby monkeys. Yeah, they kidnap different tribes. Uh, kidnap, and I want to say it was it was more. Um, Excuse me, that was my bottle. <laughs> That was her her Seagram joke, yeah. But um, they like to they like to kidnap the the infants, the babies, mm -hmm. especially if they've like lost one of their own. Yeah, if they lost, it was just 
when I was reading these stories, mm-hmm. it was it, it was legit kind of freaky. Yeah. It kind of freaked yeah. me out more there's, than more than the Bigfoot stories. There's there's video of a monkey taking a baby too. So yeah, that was we kinda, talked about that. Like yeah, that, that was kind of we we have to post that. We got to post yeah. that. So I mean, it everybody's seen it. Yeah, but it was I'm I'm reading these stories and one of them um, was a story in India, uh, a, a baby. Um, got taken from their home, from its home, and uh, the mom and the dad went to the to the local authorities and was telling them, "Hey, my baby got kidnapped by a monkey." And they went out and I think it was like a day in in uh, search, and they found the monkey. And I mean, not they not the, the monkey, but they found the baby in a well. Yeah, they dropped it. Yeah, and they said that the the monkey, th- the best that they can tell. The monkey had uh, tried to jump from one uh, one tree to the other and drop the baby on the what a yeah. bitch on the well, yeah monkey babies know how to hang on yeah and babies not so much yeah you know yeah so I was just thinking how yeah, freaky it seems more often than not it's not malicious yeah sometimes it is and it's horrible but that's how they are in their own ranks you know mm-hmm. with chimps and stuff but the other stuff that I found. So I did a little bit of reading on um, feral children. Yeah. And a lot of times children of neglect or with alcoholic parents or that are abandoned, especially like in India and Africa and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. where the jungle's right there, you know, mm-hmm. will wander off for a year or two and then get found again and just be totally fine. And the only other time that I've really seen cases like that is like it's primates and and dogs Mm -hmm. tend to be able to raise people children you know um i've seen videos this poor girl that they basically just locked her in a room with a bunch of dogs and uh cps found her later and she acts just like a dog but i mean there's these other cases like this one girl that i was reading about that in india that she i think it was for like two years lived with a tribe of, I think, the macaque monkeys. Yeah. And uh, totally fine. Just that's kind of an issue sometimes with people or with kids that are yeah raised like that, that they can't really integrate back into society because, you know, they're developmentally delayed and whatnot, you know. Yeah. But she was fine. There was, um, there was a show on ABC years ago when I was a kid. It was called Lucan. And it was about a feral, feral kid. That was raised by wolves. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it. And after the show, they had a documentary on feral kids. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, shocked by it. And it was, like, uh, this kid. The show was, like, supposedly he was he was in the woods. And they, you know, some people found him. And they took him to a boy's home. And he had these extra powers. Like, mm-hmm. he could, like, jump. And his eyes would glow when he was angry or something. Yeah, something <laughs> very, very 70s or 80s. Yeah, so you know? it was like a 70, kind of like uh, Lou, Lou Ferrigno-ish, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going like, to so. say incredible, that type of stuff, you know, <laughs> the late 70s But sci-fi. yeah, so I, I, I do recall seeing a, a documentary, I think it was on 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was like, to me, it was like amazing to see that. So man, it was actually people that were raised by animals and they were acting like animals. So, so you know, to talk about your point there, I said, man, that's, that's weird. And it's... um. Kind of sad, a little bit. It is, yeah. because, I mean, you know, like I said, a lot of times they are products of abuse and neglect. Yeah. Um, 
There was a, there was another story uh, that actually I have never heard of until this week. Um, I I remember reading Albert's story, and his his story was in 1924, and uh, I found this story on the same website that I found uh, Albert's story. Uh, just to look up, just to touch up on it, it was on Bigfoot Encounters. That's Bobby Short's store um, website. Um, there was a story on Muchalada Harry, and he was uh, in Peter Burns' book, The Search of Bigfoot, and that was released in 1975. Um, the story is told by Father Anthony Tahar. Um, it's a Mount Angel Abbey. I guess he was a, a priest for a Mount Angel a- uh, Abbey in Oregon, and so he would do like missionary work in uh, Vancouver Island. And he would he would go and support uh, Nootka, <laughs> Nootka, uh, the uh, the Nootka tribe there. And he talks about a story about this guy named Wichita Harry, and that um, and that he was at the time I guess nineteen twenty eight. And so Toba Inlet is uh, on the on the British Columbia side on the mainland, Vancouver Island. This this place where this gentleman went is uh, I'm probably going to butcher this. It's uh, Tula, Tula Tulapana Inlet, and it's in the middle of British Columbia, like northern type of center, uh, central. It's probably true. Like usually, I think the T's are in that. Tula inlet. Tulapana. A Tula Tulapana. Okay, maybe. Tulapana Inlet. I might be wrong, but I'm not an expert, and just <laughs> you know me and how I butcher stuff. So. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen several tribal names that. The T is a C, you know. Um, so he tells the story about Muchala Harry. And like I was saying before, I had never heard of the story. And uh, it happens like four years after after Albert's story. This, his was in 24, this one's in 28. Um, so um, he talks about this Native American guy um, that he was he was different from all the Native American guys. He was like, he was fearless. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, had a, he was like a, a physical specimen. Uh, he's a hunter trapper and he would like do stuff by himself. And yeah. at that time period, you know, you know, native American guys didn't do that anymore. They, they went in groups and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's probably kind of dangerous for them still during that yeah, period and, of time. I mean, not that it's ever stopped being, but you know, yeah. And I, I think it, I mean, in this story, it specifically makes a point to say none of them went on, their yeah. own yeah none of them went on their own and he was like this this big courageous guy that was like i'm just gonna do this by myself and i mean they they made a, a distinct point to 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 say that because they knew that they were up there yeah and um so he he go he was he was planning on going to i guess uh this that um that inlet and he was gonna he was gonna trap i guess like beaver Mm-hmm. Uh, for like months, he was going to be up there for months, and he was going to collect some pelts or something. And he takes a he takes a canoe upstream uh, to this. I'm going to but I'm going to butcher the name again. Yeah, Tula Tulapana. It's yeah Tulapana Inlet. T- t- yeah, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I butcher enough names on this show. <laughs> so he he travels approximately 12 miles upstream, and it, it makes a camp. And uh, on the first night, he's there. Um, he's sleeping in, I guess, I don't, it doesn't say he has a tent. So he's just sleeping in blankets and, uh, he gets, he gets picked up. He gets picked up and I think he's, oh, it's, it says he built a lean to, oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, he gets picked up and, um, he's just wearing his underwear (laughs) 
Yeah. So, man, that's a that's a badass guy. <laughs> Sleep in the in the in a lean to with a couple of blankets and well, I skivvies, can, man. I, I, it was hot. I can yeah. tell you this, and and um, this is the the military experience coming out. Whenever whenever we would be in the field. Um, obviously we couldn't wash and, and dry our clothes, um, while we were out there and, you know, we would have, you know, two to three, uh, sets of uniforms for whatever time we were out there. And one of the ways that we would dry our uniforms without a dryer is we would sit them. We would, we had a, a little thin mat and then our blanket, and we would put them in between us the, the ground in our mat. We'd put them on the ground and put our mat on top of them, and then we would sleep on top of them, yeah. and it would dry them out overnight. So that's what I thought of whenever I thought of him just being in his in his underwear. He you know, might have been... You know, that makes sense because he's, he's putting out beaver traps, so he's probably like in the water and, and little mm-hmm. streams and creeks and stuff like and that. We, so. and, and sweat, too. We would do it because we would sweat. Yeah. I mean, we'd be in San Diego. It's 110 degrees outside. Yeah. I mean, if he was sleeping and, in his underwear and just blankets, it was probably pretty warm. Yeah. Yeah. So... And so he, that's what we did to dry our uniforms out. So that's what I thought of whenever I, I thought that. And so it, it says here that he felt that uh, the Bigfoot carried him like two or three miles. So it wasn't very, very far. Yeah. And uh, he was under a high rock shelf uh, surrounded by 20 Bigfoot. That's what he was saying. 20 Bigfoot were surrounding him. He, he doesn't talk about chatter on this one at all. So uh, I, I wonder if they were chattering. That's what I'm kind of thinking. But um, – he said it was a group of it was a it was a group of males and a group of females and young ones uh, in the rear. Uh, Muchlada Harry was frightened at first, but then he grew to terror because he said he saw a large number of bones laying in laying in like the campsite, and so um, I think I would freak out too if I yeah. saw that. So um, I'd have freaked out without even seeing the bones. I'd be freaked out. <laughs> I wouldn't have to see bones. Vastly outnumbered. That's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. You know? You know, he was convinced that the that the big feet, and then that you know, John, <laughs> he he says big feet on it, which I you know people always say I always debate that all the time. Yeah, you, big, bigfoots or big feet. Bigfoots or big feet. Neither sound right. <laughs> so, um, he said that he was he was on a rock wall and he did move and he was cold and hungry, and his thoughts were only to escape. Um, he said sometime that late afternoon, uh, curiosity of the Bigfoot had worn off and they had slackened. And uh, some of the some of the uh, Bigfoot moved out of camp. I guess went to go collect stuff. Or uh, so I think at that time, because I, I he wasn't there for very long. From that's from what I was reading on it. That's the the take I get on it. So, um, so once once he felt that they were out of camp, that he took this opportunity and he he leaped to his feet. And he started running and never look, he didn't look back. Uh, I think it's I think he eventually came out upon his campsite and he didn't even stop. He just kept running. He just got in the canoe and hauled. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was in a blind panic. He he bypasses his his his, uh, his camp and he he ran for what he thinks I think twelve miles until he he ran up to his canoe and then um at, this, at, at the canuma. The, it says at the mouth of the Kanuma, so I'm I'm guessing that's the river that he was. Yeah, that was that was the river, but he he that's where he. Had yeah, that's his, that's what I'm saying. That's where he docked his canoe. His canoe. So um, it says cached his canoe. So at this point, um, Father Anthony describes the story of Mutlata Harry's arrival to Nuka, 
And so uh, that that was like, I think it was uh, probably three in the morning. Uh, some of his, his Benedicts were asleep in the village in the quiet. And suddenly they heard a series of wild cries in the water in the inlet. And the, I guess they ran out to go see him. And I guess he's he had paddled in. I guess I, I think it was wintertime, too. Uh, yeah, near frozen. Yeah, so he's sleeping in his underwear. Yeah, so, um, so he's trying to be a badass. That's what it was, and look what it he, got him. He was he was gone. He had to go get got. So, <laughs> so, so uh, they 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 pull him out of his canoe and they they nurse him back, uh, nurse him back to health and stuff like that. And uh, which I thought was kind of odd that he whenever um, he says that he was recovering, that his hair turned white. And I think to me that any part of the story is probably a fable. Is probably that. So yeah, it says yeah, Muchalada's Muchalada Harry's hair turned to pure white. Yeah. And so um, once I think once he was okay, they they had asked him whether he was going to go back and get his gear, uh, get his traps and his rifle because I think at the time I was talking to Ash about this off off uh, show uh, at that time uh, Native Americans guys there were. They're they're really uh, prideful on their weapons mm-hmm. because a lot of them didn't have weapons back then. So or they weren't allowed to have weapons. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he didn't want to go back and go. I don't think he left that township, and I don't think he ever went back into the wilderness. From yeah, what from what the no. story from what the story I says. I don't want to either. Yeah. So, he ain't so big and bad no more. Yeah. So I wonder if he has to change his 20. name. Twenty. I don't know. Scared a lot, Harry. Mm. <laughs> That was mean. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, easy. Only, it's easier. Was, it's it easy for us to sit here and only say only that one time. Yeah, yeah. But it counted. People don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> that was one time in the third grade. People don't forget. So I don't know. I thought I thought that was actually interesting because uh, it's interesting because number one, I had never heard that story before, and right. so for me to read it right now or this past week. <clears throat> it was kind of refreshing a little bit in a way. So I bet it was that little boy one because it was like later, and he's like, "Hey guys, remember that story I told you? I found another one." Yeah. <laughs> so look at it. Yeah. So I don't know. It was it was pretty good. It was a pretty good story. Um, I just thought it was kind of odd. It was almost in the same same region too. Mm-hmm. So I guess the Bigfoots in British Columbia they like to snatch. Maybe that's people. how they count coon. Yeah. <laughs> So, anywho, um, and then we had that one story because I don't think I have the the thing pulled up about the. Did we talk about that about the little kid from North Carolina? We talked about it before, kind of a little bit. We touched on it right here and there on more than one occasion, but not not overly so. Yeah, because that was like um, wasn't wasn't that it? happened last year? Didn't yeah it? yeah. That yeah, one I think was, we mentioned it when it happened. It was like it. a 22-year-old kid. They got 22-year-old? I mean, 22. A 22-year-old baby. 22 months. I, I've dated some of those in my past. <laughs> They're probably bad. <laughs> yeah, that happened That happened in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, last year. 22-month-old uh, baby. Yeah, uh, and it was in in North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. And uh, and it said it was the the harshest winter that North Carolina had ever had, and this twenty two month old baby got taken into the woods 
for three days. The, they say the eastern part of North yeah, Carolina? east eastern. Yeah, man, I, I've been there. It's it's thick. They yeah, are big time. Well, what what's funny is one of our earliest shows that we did, we talked about this same area, right? Um, and a Bigfoot sighting in this same area. Um, I, I I need to go back and and listen to it and remember the timing, but yeah. Um, I don't. I know that the the sighting was not in winter, uh, but it was in the same area. As this, uh, as where this this baby, this baby got taken. But what was crazy is this baby was taken into the woods in the the coldest winter, the harshest winter in North yeah. Carolina, and a, three days later it was found perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. They said wasn't it like they found it on the other side of the creek in, mm-hmm. in like a briar patch, and it looked like he had just been set down in there. Yep, didn't have a scratch on him. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a, that's another. No scratches, no bruises. Perfectly, and did this little boy say that he was, it was being carried by a bear? I don't know. It was it this was it this one? Or? No, that that's a the one you're thinking of is a different one because that that okay. one was a little older. Yeah. Um, this one, I don't remember it ever mentioned it saying a bear, it, it, saying anything. Um, there was one case. I don't know if it was initially in the storytelling that or the new story storytelling whatever yeah tomato tomato it, it might have that it, he, did. he said that something about a bear a bear yeah i think i think it might have been the same story i know there's two stories that are very similar yeah there's another one that i read that um is kind of like that but it was a little girl i'm pretty sure and i think it was uh, during like the uh yeah the 40s yeah. or 50s Wow. and i think montana or somewhere in in the northern uh united states that she was living with her family at a, a logging community yeah, and had wandered off and said that she was with a bear. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Bigfoot. That's yeah. just me. And but. you know, I told you, uh, uh-huh. okay. okay. So I, not to cut you off. I okay. just found it though. <laughs> um, the little boy was in Kentucky. Okay. And the girl was in North Carolina. I wonder if he was in a cave. The the yeah North North Carolina toddler Casey Hathaway that's the one you were talking about um, found alive in good health after three days missing in sub freezing temperatures uh, some of the coldest North Carolina temperatures since 2012 that's the that's the well, really cold one yeah and then the little girl that I was talking about was actually it was a while ago it was like oh you're it, okay it like so a, you're talking about one way a long time ago a long time ago but I was watching like some sort of thing about miss like. Similar thing, like kids disappearing and reappearing you know, yeah. really far away from where they were originating. They don't know how they got there and how they weren't harmed, you know, and that was yeah. like one of the stories on it. Um, okay. I'm thinking Bigfoot. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. So where where was the Hellier stuff? Uh, Eastern? Yeah. Eastern Was Kentucky? it in Kentucky? Yeah. Uh, like Hellier is in Eastern, and then Somerset is in the central the part. North, like Cent- North central. central, yeah. Because it says, it says more about the 22-month-old toddler rescued May 15, 2019 in Kentucky. I want to know exactly where in Kentucky. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I don't think it was in the same area because I think I looked it up. Kentucky. Kentucky and getting lucky. Yeah, because this is the three-year-old. It says reminds me of a similar incident in neighboring North Carolina over four months ago, where a three-year-old toddler was missing for three days and claims a bear bear carried him. That's the one that that yeah, you were talking about. I'm thinking it was probably a Bigfoot. Yeah. There is a meme, and I don't know how true it is, but. 
uh, that I told you about that, that they said that they had a dog and it's like, this dog doesn't do his job. He's been getting gifts and then the bear gets in my trash and they've been bringing him bones. I'm like, that's, if that's true, that's not a bear. That's not a bear. Your trash. Well, my thing is, is if this is in the middle of the winter time, bears are hibernating. Yeah. And if they're not hibernating, that means they don't have enough food because they're still looking for few and they're hungry. Very, very hungry. So if they see this, this child, they're not going to play with it. They're not going to take, they're going to eat it. And if they come out, then it's very, they're going to be like, they're kind of in this different state. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to be, yeah, dehydrated and all that stuff. Yeah. They're not going to be, oh, I'm going to take care of this thing. They're going to be, I'm going to put it inside my belly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to eat it. I don't, usually they don't, eating is just a byproduct of them just, you know, get your ass, you know, yeah so So i don't it's in my thing is either mountain a mountain person or a bigfoot but y'all know how i feel about bigfoot one of them cunning women's and appalachies yeah Yeah. i mean they (laughs) appalachies and they don't want to they don't want to be known so they they just uh, those are the ones that'll get you in each according to a lot of movies that i've seen i have like you know, yeah, wrong, wrong turn and whatnot. The heels have eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about. Um, I didn't talk about this at all. Uh, I did want to talk about. I was on um, Crazy Cat Paranormal this past week. Um, oh, be, yeah. being interviewed by mm-hmm. Cecilia Clark and John Clark. Um, and uh, it's actually um, I actually posted it on uh, my Facebook page, but I'll I'll be posting it on the the Bigfoot Club page. And uh. I did an interview with them on Monday, and it was actually really, really good. I was actually really, because uh, I've seen Cecilia's posts, and I've seen John's posts, and they're actually really good people. Um, they really like, they really care about paranormal stuff, and they really care about helping people. So um, I, I think I was their third episode, and it was actually, it was actually, they interviewed me for, I think it was more than an hour, but I think they edited it down to like one hour, because... They asked me some good questions, and um, I was uh, I was accommodating to them because they were, I you know I haven't had a lot of paranormal stuff. I have had some paranormal, not more as, as you know I've had more Bigfoot right. incidents than I had paranormal. So she asked me questions about Bigfoot, and she asked me questions mostly about paranormal. But it was actually a really really good show. It was really entertaining. Um, I was pretty happy with it. So I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys hadn't heard it or nothing. So. <laughs> Well, I, I, we we talked about it at work, so yeah, I didn't know about you. So I didn't know you had posted it. Other generic excuses. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it at work, but I didn't know yeah. you posted it. You so know I'm only listening to like one podcast. <laughs> the only podcast I listen to is ours. Yeah, no, I don't listen to ours at all. <laughs> I don't like to hear myself. <laughs> that's that's the only one I listen to. Um, he, he used to listen to it in the car. I'm like, I don't want to hear myself. It's fucking six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't want to have to hear myself talk. That's when I listen to it on my way home, on my way to work and my way home from work. Yeah, I, 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 to I have to admit, I don't actually listen to their podcast either. It's so. the only one I listen to, man. What is it you also always told Steven? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we lived it. I live it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't live that. Never mind, never mind, never mind. I take that back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was actually a pretty good, pretty good podcast. She asked me some really good questions and I kind of I kind of touched on 
some stuff about uh, researching and doing research on websites and stuff like that. So, because everybody, like, I hear all these, I, you know, I listened to uh, some other podcasts and I was listening to them and they're talking about how, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm high and mighty about paranormal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you research this way, you know, you got to go into the house and do a baseline. And I, I don't we like We all the, have our own techniques. Yeah. You right. Know. So, I kind of took a different approach. I kind of talked about researching the house before you get into the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, try to look up deeds and look up, you know, previous owners and go to the library and do microfilm. So I kind of mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit. So she was asking me uh, about how do you get a, um, if I get like a, a case, how do I handle it? And that I was explaining to her, this is the way I handle it and this is the way I go at it. But I would never, I'd never advocate, you know, getting information without, you know, the person's consent mm-hmm. or the client's consent. So, um, but I may, I, I was pointing that out, uh, that I, I don't do that just to do it. So. Well, I think we've all said on this show at some point that going into any area, if we're going to go investigate it, we want to know as much information about that area as possible. Um, just to know what we're walking into, yeah. to know yeah. to know the situation that we're going into. It, it's good. It's good to get information too. To that way, you can use it as a ploy, mm-hmm. or maybe to get some kind of uh, response, and maybe you can target something. Yeah. Exactly. We used to sometimes like play music from certain eras and mm-hmm. and just set up different things. Like you know, you hear stories like, "Well, they move. I like to move this kind of thing. They like to move mm-hmm. your." Yeah. Cup around or whatever. Or or you get names. You can you can yeah. speak names. So or a great example is the time the time period. Um, you could talk about things that happened in that time period and, and events that happened or events that happened in if it's a certain house and you know that this you know Jane Doe died in this house at this time. Well, then you can you can go in with the with the information knowing that you can talk about stuff that happened in that time and and stuff that happened to Jane Doe or, or stuff yeah. that she liked or whatever. Um, yeah. Or John Doe, either one, whoever. Yeah. You could, you could get all that information and some of the information that you can get is, uh, it's, it's kind of scary. It, we talked about that at work. Yeah. It's like so how easy it is to get this stuff, to get information yeah. about, you know, well, freedom of information. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a friend of mine posted this thing. It's like, go to this website and delete your stuff. It doesn't make you look up. And it's like, it's stuff that, you know, used to be in the white pages, you know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. your past addresses, yeah. your landline phone number. And it's like, people freak out about that, but it's like, you know, it's not really anything that's not yeah. public record, common knowledge. Yeah. You know? it, it doesn't have like cell numbers or, no. right. days or nothing like that. It just has like, you know, deeds that, you know, deeds are, are, you know, bill of sale. It just has your name on it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, your address at the most, if you have your PO box, right. it's on there. So. Um, but you know, I, I thought, you know, talking about that and she was asking me some questions about, you know, my paranormal experience and then, uh, what was this, you know, what was the scariest thing I ever got into and, uh, how did I get started and, um, you know, advice I would give out to people that want to get into paranormal and stuff like that. So it was actually really, really good, really good, uh, interview. And, um, I may, I may have her on our show. So, right on. cause like she's got, yeah. she's got some good equipment. Mm-hmm. And it's like equipment that I don't have, and I I but probably use some of it for like big. Well, stuff. we've been out of yeah. the game for a good decade. <laughs> yeah, things yeah. have evolved. Yeah, you don't. Hunt, you I'll tell I tell you, I've been out so long that I washed my digital recorder. 
It happens. Yeah. Right, right, man. I was so mad. I'm still mm-hmm. upset about that. Much a lot of Harry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know there was some good stuff on there too. Um, <clears throat> I did. I did want to. I'm gonna go a little different here and ask y'all a question on because I hadn't talked about this off, off show at all. Okay. Uh, I was kind of interested. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a little thing or something. But when I was listening to my interview on on um, Crazy Cat Paranormal, when I was talking about a story. They were playing music, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was like it, like uh, like you know music, like it was like you know drama or something like something's about to happen. You know, yeah, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. that's what her, hus- her, her husband does. Doesn't yeah, he yeah, does he's a lot of music because I know you showed me their setup, and I was like, you don't play around. That's a legit soundboard too. Yeah, he had like he had like a soundboard had sixteen tracks on it. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, crazy cat paranormal people. If you haven't. Check it out, uh, or just you know, um, download it or whatever you can for them because they're they're good people and they could use the downloads as as you know we do too. So we hope that you already did since you're listening to what we say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you're hearing this right now unless you're in the building. Yeah, you are not twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now do it again. Okay, now do it again. <laughs> so. Don't be a coward, dude. man. God, <laughs> if I had a dime for how many times I've said that. Yeah. That's what investigation is. It's like, okay, do it again. Nothing. And then that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. After like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> if um, I had any advice for anybody, it's like, it's bowing his shit. Yeah. We lived on Red Bull and Claritin D, which is probably yeah. horrible for your heart. So yeah, that's what that's what I kind of told her. I told her when she asked me about giving advice on, I said, "I said be careful what you wish for, yeah, because uh, you might get it." And I go, I go, it may it may seem glamorous, you know, you see it on Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures. I go, but but, but if you got five devices mm-hmm. and you research ten hours, yeah. that's fifty hours you got to go through. Yep, mm-hmm. it's so not glamorous. It's a lot of work. We don't have all that, and you know, like. All those TV shows, they get mad equipment probably given to them by the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably have interns, interns and yeah. all this exactly. stuff. They show them like, oh, oh, but it's really been like five minutes and they're just pretending yeah. like it's a time. Exactly. Because <laughs> they know? have somebody else listening for hours and hours and hours. Oh, hey, yeah. listen to this. And they have highly, highly sensitive equipment that can pick it up like that. I hate so. that shit, though. It's like you're sitting there and then you hear yourself cough and it's been like dead silent for like 20 minutes and it scares the shit out of you but you know it was you because you yeah. remember doing it <laughs> and you're anticipating that to happen and then it gets you or like yeah. you walk past the camera and it's just like your ass <laughs> i i do recall when i when i first started doing stuff with kindle um for some reason my stomach was like churning mm-hmm. every time i did an investigation and like she would say, she turned to me and goes, Bob, is that you? I go, yeah, it's me. Call it, Michelle, man. Every every noise, like, and like beforehand, she'd be like, call your farts. I know it's embarrassing, but call your farts. Because yeah. it might pick up and we want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah mark it. <laughs> Which, yeah. we did do that one time when we were staying at the Jefferson Hotel. And they were just, it was just on a lark. And it's like, we're going to set up our... Uh, recorder and recorded over tonight and it was just yeah. snoring and farting yeah <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure we caught a lot of that <laughs> so ghost is angry <laughs> ghost got some stomach issues yeah. it's going, <laughs> so anywho um i think i think we could probably i'm gonna pause here for a minute
I think we can probably call it a night from here. Yeah. So, um, trying to think. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't know. We could talk about, um, if you haven't gone already, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, give us five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Bigfoot Club One, uh, our Twitter page, uh, Bigfoot Club One as well. Um, leave us some uh, some comments, some positive, some negative. And if you have any stories, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't have to be about Bigfoot, it could be about other stuff. It could be about immortals, it could be about UFOs, it could be about... Um, Kidnapping monkeys, <laughs> yeah. Are mon- monkeys kidnapping you? Yeah, yeah. Flying, uh, flying humanoids, uh, big birds, thunderbirds. I don't care. Uh, and just like you know, comment to us and uh, reach out to us so we can uh, get the stories on uh, and we can talk about them. So and you can be completely anonymous. As, yes, you know. Yeah. For example, we've already learned that before. It's like if you, even if like someone wants to tell their story in themselves, mm-hmm. they can be as anonymous as they want to be. Yep. And so I just, I just want, I want to expand. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like, I love Bigfoot and I love paranormal, but we, we can expand and do other stuff. Uh, uh, I'm looking to do other, other topics as yeah. well. So. And, and it's nice to get other people's personal accounts because, you know, I mean, we can tell urban legend stories that yeah. a dime mm-hmm. a dozen, but you know, anyone can, there's a billion documentaries, TV shows, mm-hmm. articles. It's better to, you know, I, I like to hear people's stories. I'm trying to get this one guy on at work. He's from he's from Trinidad, mm-hmm. and he's got some good man lore stories. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you so. this. Um, the first time I met him, I was I was at uh, probably two, maybe three weeks. Um, I had been with with our company, and I went up and and just sat down and talked to him. And we probably talked for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was not just chit chat. This was deep. Yeah. Uh, um, intriguing just great conversation that i had had with him and man he did the, the stuff he has in his head is yeah. just incredible he's got he's got some good lore stories about yeah yeah about the about that his his homeland and mm-hmm. the voodoo and, and the pyramids and the pyramids all kinds of just stuff, so. man he's it's it's good 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 stuff and <laughs> my hair is standing up i, I really I really hope at some point we can get him on. Yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of real shy, and I. Well, he's asked. He was asking me the other day to do stuff for him, and I said, "He goes, if I go, you come he, on my podcast." That's what I told him. He, yeah, he says, "How much going to cost me?" I said, "Come on the podcast." <laughs> he goes, "Oh man, come on!" Yeah. I do that to Brandon too. Yeah, and he just says, "Okay." Yeah, like, he's like, "I need to take some free time. I need, like you needed to come on my podcast." Yeah, or at least listen to it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Who knows? Maybe. Or just do a soundbite. Do a soundbite. Well, yeah. We, he, he can work to it. He can do a soundbite. Yeah, do a soundbite. We're going we're gonna to end it here. Hey, everybody, this is Robert Jesse Dominguez, and we're on the segment Wrestling Talk with Earl the Pearl. Earl, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, good. Uh, you know, still quarantine, but I'm still good. How about, mm. how's the family? They're good. They're good. They actually got to go out and go to a, a, one of my family's uh, little girl's birthday party. So they are having fun getting out and exploring the world. Man, safely. that's good. With masks. With least, masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you, did you watch, uh, did you watch Raw and SmackDown? I did. Okay. 
I did. I watched Raw. I watched SmackDown. I, again, I, I went to record Impact, but something happened. It didn't record right. But okay. I did watch AEW and um, NXT. Okay. Well, we'll we'll run through stuff really quick. Uh, not really quick, okay. but we'll just talk about we'll talk about Raw yeah. Raw first. Um, what okay. did, what did you think about the segment about um, Becky Lynch uh, announcing that she had to give up give up the title? I I first didn't think that she was actually pregnant. Yeah. But then I thought she was going to come out and do this big speech, and I was and I was like, uh, because we we had talked about Money in the Bank, and I had no idea why they let Oscar win. And then she came out and she did her little speech. And then she said you couldn't get into the briefcase, and she knew the combo to the briefcase, and then the belt was in there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I guess because because uh, Becky, I thought she was just selling really well, but then the more it happened, I was like, oh, maybe they really are telling a true story. Um, I think, but I think they, I think they could have done better with the whole Oscar reveal. Yeah, now, I know she's pregnant. I know she's pregnant, but she could have done something where she. Or she spit the mist in her face, or something. Yeah, because you got an evil Oscar. But if that's chemicals, and she really is pregnant, you know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. really want to do that. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of thought that it was like they were trying to make a, a feel good moment, and yeah, Oscar was probably the best bet to do it because um, you know you got you got heels on it, and you got Dana Brooke, you're not really mm-hmm. sure. And uh, yeah, Oscar, Oscar's been on. She's been, you know, she's been there doing the shows. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought it was a, it was a safe one. I I didn't think they were going to do it, but yeah. So I liked it. I thought it was good. But yeah. again, like I said, it, it helped. It helped. Make, it helped later in the show with Shayna Baszler. It helped her kind of really like I like my kids watch. Have been watching Raw and SmackDown with me, like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a lot more family friendly, of course. But I had to fast forward through the Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Thing because talking about moms and I'm like mm, I don't want my kids to hear about that. So I went back and listened to it. I was like, oh, that's a really good. That was a really good heel. Yeah, it was. She <laughs> was. I was like, you did good. You did good. But she, yeah, I she was hitting I some nerves on that, one. that Yeah, she was looking yeah. to hit some nerves on that one. <laughs> she did good. So did well. So I, I think it might be Oscar and her. That would be a good match. Yeah. Um, the second match of the night was Bobby Lashley uh, beating Humberto Carrillo. And I think they're they're kind of setting up him with uh, MVP as maybe yeah. his like his mouthpiece or something like that. So, um, I, I was, I was, yeah, I, you know, I think I like Bobby Lashley. I you know I think they're they're not using him the way they probably should. And mm-hmm. um, but that's just me. So no, I agree hundred percent. Like the big thing was when they brought Bobby Lashley back, they were going to put him in a title hunt with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but then but then that changed because the fans can do a lot. But right now there's no fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I like it. Here's the thing: I love MVP. I I don't like that he's wrestling because I you know like I said with the dark side of of not dark side. I'm sorry. The, when Vice did last season's dark side of the, of wrestling, they went to the wrestlers. Yeah. And that's had Mia Yim on it. Hers was really good, but his was really good. And he does have a lot of. I need to hang up my boots. So I like him better because he's a good heel one. Yeah. He's a good, he can talk on the mic. Well, so I think that would be good. Cause if you have him teaming up with Bobby Lashley, you can do the, you can do, they both have chips on their shoulders. So you could do a good heel faction. And then you could bring other people in yeah. that would fit that criteria. More like a, uh, I, I see it as more of an angry modern nation of domination. Yeah. They could maybe bring, you could do that. Maybe bring up Apollo Cruz or something. 
I think that would be great. Or even if you put, even if you put like, yeah, because like I said, you've got to have someone who, but, but you got to be careful though, because I don't really see Apollo, here's the thing, with that stable, I think of them both as almost like a, not thugs or gangsters, but along that that line. Like they're gonna be dastardly. They're gonna be underhanded. Yeah. They're gonna do what they want because both of them, you know, can do what they want. They both, you know, Bobby Lashley is huge and he's muscular and he's strong and he's got that MMA side to him. And MVP can use the whole criminal aspect because he was, you know what I'm saying? That's right. why he wears that bodysuit to hide the tattoos he got in prison. And he does that. You could, I don't see Apollo Cruz as, as that, but there's other people they could bring in that could do that. But I think it's a good, I think it's a good stable. I think that'd be really great. And I'd rather hear no, no meanness, but I'd rather hear MVP talking on the mic for Bobby Lashley than Lana. Yeah, I, I, I have totally agree. Um, the next match was Angel Garza versus uh, Tazawa, and like Tazawa's like mm. he's a he's a regular Smash guy now. Whoever no, when he comes out, he's he's gonna get beat. Yeah. And so they were they were kind of mm. setting up for Drew McIntyre. I guess uh, they're kind of setting up with uh, Andrade and what's the other guy's mm-hmm. name? I can't think of the guy. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, Austin, uh, Austin, uh, Austin, Austin, Austin Theory. Yeah. So they're they're yeah. kinda, they're kind of fighting or arguing and stuff, and then Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. comes out and. And kind of disposes of like two of them, and then sets up a match later yeah. on with uh, Andrade oh, and stuff. Andrade. So I think I Man, think they have some good. Yeah, I th- I think um, Selena Vega is like taking this opportunity and of this like you know being on TV, mm-hmm. and I think she's kind of jumped on it pretty well. Bro, this is the best thing for her because yeah. they had her before with Andrade and she's good. And they even did like a little crack in there with her and Andrade. Yeah. But man, this pandemic has made Monday Night Raw into Monday Night Zelina Vega because she is just jumping on it. And yeah, they're still doing the whole uh, who's going to be the number two. Is it going to be Theory or is it going to be Garza? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's fine. They're just jockeying any, any, anything, you know, they have nowadays at WWE. The stable always has more than one person. They're jockeying for position. But man, that, that, that Andrade, whoo, man, that, he has a good chemistry with, with Drew, with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, it's he, amazing. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, and then, and then they had, um, uh, the, the Iconics came out and I think they, they came. They came out to like talk to uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and uh, I, I. You know what? I, I, I like them. I like their shtick, yeah. but I'm not a big fan of their wrestling. But, uh, oh. but, I, but I like them. I like them. I like what they do, yeah. and you know, yeah. making fun of people and go iconic. Oh. You know, <laughs> and they do the pose. <laughs> so, what is it? B- Billy Kay's pose reminds me of uh, stand back. There's a hurricane coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love it when they make fun of. The, I love it when they make fun of the wrestlers and they don't give them a chance to answer. That makes me laugh. Um, I I think Peyton Royce is the better wrestler than Billy Kay. Yeah. Yeah, she is. But yeah, they do they do great. I I think what they have, and I I like that because a lot of times they do best friend angles and they're going to turn on each other. That's how it always happens. Um, but theirs, I don't see them ever turning on each other because they have such a good heel persona. Yep. That why would you turn on the other person? So I I like it. I, I now next week they got the they got the title match. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to give it to them. 
Um, but if they do, I hope they let Alexa Bliss go for the uh, the the championship because I'm afraid. I was talking to my friend Joey, and we both agreed we're afraid they they brought the Iconics back to take the titles, and that's going to make us very sad because we well, like I, I like I like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This this is what I'm thinking because like when. When uh, the Kabuki Warriors had the titles, they the WWE mm-hmm. didn't, didn't do anything with them at all. They didn't they didn't go to they didn't go to both brands. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't wrestle anybody. They didn't do anything. So nope. I think I think they're gonna let Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross hold on to it for a while, and they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna. I hope so. I, I'm hoping they're gonna build this this tag team women's title. Uh, I mean this um, division mm-hmm. better, and so I think they're yes. they're just gonna build it and maybe have a match and maybe go on to maybe to the next pay per view or something. That's what I'm hoping. for. Yeah. So. I, I hope so too, but you know, I mean, before, because here's the thing, before the pandemic hit, uh, it was supposed to be Mandy and Sonya, and now they're doing their own little title, their own little storyline, and that was one of the things where they were supposed to do it, but the Iconics never really got their rematch, so I hope, yeah. I hope they let, I hope they let Bliss and, and Cross keep it, but I don't know, it'll be interesting to see, I don't, I don't really know who they're going to let win. Um... Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, R-Truth were in a match with MVP, uh, Shane Thorne, and Brendan mm-hmm. uh, Vink. And I, the other two yeah. guys, I don't, I don't know them that well. I mean, because I know you watch a lot of NXT, right? Yeah. I don't know those, those guys that well. So I think this is just a product of they're trying to get, they're trying to fill the card, and they don't have a lot, mm-hmm. they don't have enough wrestlers to do it. So It's, it's weird because that Vink and uh, Shane Thorne guy, it's like, it's like Austin Theory, and it's kind of like the other guy that we talked about. Um, they didn't really have that much of an angle in NXT, and they just got called up. Like like Austin Theory got squashed by Tyler Breeze, who I love, Prince right. Pretty. And then he got him and Isaiah sort of Scott had an angle for a moment, and he lost to Isaiah sort of squat, uh, kill shot, whatever you want to call him. And then he got called up, and he's in the Luna Vegas thing, and he's doing a lot better on the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, Vink and Thorne, they had, like, I think before they got called up, they had, like, two matches? It wasn't that many. Yeah. And then they got called up and MVP. And they would be good in MVP stable. I mean, he was backing them for a moment. Yeah. So if, if he's going to go the stable manager guy, you need a tag team. I mean, he's backing them. So I don't know. I think, but I think you're right. They just needed somebody to fill the card. I think exactly what it is. They're there. They can go. So let's put you in it. Um, Ray, Ray Mysterio, Alistair Black, uh, defeated mm. uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. And this one, this one yeah. was kind of weird because Seth was acting kind of weird. I don't know if they were, they're making an angle about, about, you know, um, the man, uh, yeah. Becky being pregnant and he's like shocked or something. I don't know what's the deal. And then he went psycho and like he uh, was like pressing, you know, uh, Ray's eye against like, yeah. the, the, the steps. <laughs> the corner. <laughs> so, he had so many memes. Seth made so many memes from his blank I'm yeah. desolate there. I, I looked at it on the storyline aspect and I thought it, I, to me, again, this is just me, I thought it was a great storyline yeah. because he went in to Money in the Bank, right? Right. And he was telling Drew McIntyre, I'm going to carry your burden. They're also doing a weird storyline like that over on SmackDown with Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. That was the creator. But anyways, he did that and he lost. And then he shook Drew McIntyre's hand. Yeah, that this was, was kind of weird. Yeah, this week he's distraught. 
So to me, I read the storyline of is he said, I'm going to carry this burden. He lost. So now his, his world is shattered. If you watch the, the story in the ring, Buddy Murphy had to do everything. Even when he, even when he came out, Buddy Murphy kind of had the, like, the look on his face like, hmm, is this who I'm really following? Because they kept mentioning it on, on uh, commentary about this is your disciple and this is how you do it. Yeah. But then at the very end when he snapped, he told Buddy Murphy to stay. So he, and so he became, he became that, uh, cult leader kind of thing. He yeah. made Buddy stay in his, or, Mur- or, his, or Murphy, you want to call him, made him stay in his place. And then he showed you his ruthlessness, his vengeance, if you yeah. would say his wrath. So to me, it was just my whole world is destroyed. Oh no, I'm going to lose my follower. Let me show you what, why you actually follow me. So that's the way I saw it. And I thought it was a good storytelling. But yeah, there were so many memes of him. Like, this is the look you get whenever yeah. <laughs> you become a dad or you have to change the diapers or whatever. Yep. So I thought that was funny. But no, I thought it was a good storyline of my whole world's demolished. Oh no, my follower may not like me anymore. Let me show you why I'm your Messiah. So I thought it was good. I think he's going to come back as a more vengeful Monday Night Messiah. I think that's to me. I think that's where they should go with it now. Okay, but that's just me. That makes sense now because like I didn't like it. That's just me. But um, yeah, it was weird. Definitely, I'm like, what are you doing? And then he snapped. I'm like, oh, there we go. That's yeah. what you're doing. Um, this next one, I, I really didn't like. It was just me. It was, yeah. the, it was the street, the street prophets, and the Viking Raiders, and they're playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> they sandbagged the prophets. I thought here's the thing. I thought it was a great, funny vignette. It was funny toward the end, and it was like, oh, <laughs> when he dunked on him, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, whenever when I first saw it, I really did. When they were like. When they were talking about basketball, it's like, oh, they're going to sandbag the street profits. I thought, I thought that. And then when they came back and they were like, oh, you can ball. They're like, oh, we can. And they started showing their skills. I was like, oh, that's what they did. So I thought it's, it's a head game. They thought they were inside the Vikings head and then the Vikings got in their head. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> um, Shayna Shayna Baszler versus uh, mm-hmm. Nat, Natty, and it was kind of like a it wasn't it wasn't a squash match, but you you no. you, you kind of knew Natty was going to lose that one. Yep, she's good at losing and putting people over. She's great at that. Yeah, she is. Uh, I'll give her that. So they're they're being they're they're potentially building up Shayna, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, because like it would have been bad if you would have talked bad about mothers and then lost to yeah. to Natalia. Yep. So she's 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 fitting the heel role pretty well. Yes. And uh, this last one, I was I don't know, I was kind of weird on this one too. Randy Orton challenges mm-hmm. Edge for a regular match, and Edge, I know. Edge, Edge doesn't have anything to say toward the end, and I just no. That's that's to me that's not believable. That's just me because. I think I here's the thing. I thought it was weird because before I saw it, I saw the thing that was like original idea, a wrestling match at Backlash. And I was like, mm, that's kind of stupid. But then I watched it, and actually, again, it's kind of like if you go back to the whole uh, Seth Rollins thing, like Edge came back to this point. He even said it. All these vignettes are saying, "I'm chasing you." I'm not. But then Randy laid down the knowledge. Because if you think about it, it's true. You haven't seen Edge actually wrestle. 
So if you're looking, if you're looking to get one up on him and win a match, what do you do? You, you... Now here's the thing: is he really ring rust? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know what he's been doing. But if, uh, to the casual fan, you think, oh, nine years. Oh, that's right. You didn't really wrestle at the Royal Rumble. All you did was throw people over and punch. Oh, we really didn't wrestle at WrestleMania either. It was uh, last man standing. You, you got some moves, but then you won by beating them with a chair. So, I mean, it is good storytelling because now Edge didn't have anything to answer. So now if you look at it, that aspect, you're yeah. like, oh, Randy, Randy Orton got him. He, he can't say anything because now Edge, it looks like Edge has doubted himself too. So now Randy Orton has that upper hand. Yep. So I think it was good. Like when you actually watch it and think of it as that aspect, it was actually a really good ploy. Because Randy Orton is like, ah, he thinks you have ring rust. Now I think you have ring rust. Oh my gosh, is Edge really not that great at wrestling? And now you have your doubts going into it. So I think I think it was a good story that they told right there. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, now mm-hmm. you know. Now that you put it that way, that actually makes sense. So yeah, and um, I love Edge. So I think it's really good. I, I know you love Edge. Yeah, I love Edge. He's my favorite of all time. So. And, um, and the mortal words of, of Ray to Rumble, you love Edge, I love Edge. We're men who are not afraid to say we love <laughs> other men. <laughs> That's pretty good point my face. <laughs> Ble- oh, so good. Bless him and all and all his mercies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't know much about impact. So okay. what did in your eyes, what were the highlights of okay. Impact? Okay, um, here, here's here's my thing about Impact, and I and like I talked to you, I think off show about this mm-hmm. too. They they went through a period where they had good act, they had they had good you know good people signed, and then mm-hmm. they didn't have good writing, and then they had you know good writing, and they didn't have like enough of the roster. So I think right now yeah. they're 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 right there at the cusp of being really good. But um, this opening match they had. Um, Hercules Hernandez versus Madman Fulton. So Hernandez is one of the original guys from LAX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Madman Fulton, he's with OVE, uh, Ohio versus everybody. And they're, they're they're whenever they first came on, they were pushing them. So mm-hmm. Hernandez beat Madman Fulton with I don't understand because they're 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 doing like a like a tournament of the number one contender for the Impact World Title. So, okay. So Hernandez is an old TNA original. And mm-hmm. so I love his get off me move where he pushed them. Yeah. So he defeated Madman Fulton and, and Fulton is a new guy. So I, I, I don't understand that the, the writing there about not putting the younger guy over. That's just me. Mm-hmm. So Hernandez beats him. And so if, if you watch uh, impact regularly, OVE is like, they lose all the time now. And so it's hard for anybody. If you decide to, to push them up, it's, it's going to be hard it's going to be harder to convince like as fans that you're going to mm-hmm. start pushing them. So that's just how I see it. And I don't really like it, but okay. Uh, the second match was Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray was, uh, I love her and she's a, yes. she's a new impact signing and she was, she came over yes. from AEW. I think she was also yep. in uh, uh wild wrestling too. Um, yep. She's a great athlete. And so she is, she's, you know, She's got a good stick and she's got a good, you know, thing going. And I, I like her. She's very athletic. And I think Impact uh, Women Wrestling really needs her. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Cause she's, like we said last week, I like her a lot because she can go from, from smiley face to insta heel in a, in, a, in a turn of a dime. Yeah. 
And so she came out. She defeated uh, Tasha Steeles, and I've never seen this girl, Tasha Steeles. So she's—I've never heard of her. Yeah. So you, you knew she, you knew it was a squash match. Mm-hmm. And so the week before they they signed this other girl named Kimberly. I don't know that much about her. And so mm-hmm. Havoc, she had a match with Havoc, and she actually upset Havoc. Havoc was beating her throughout the whole match, and then yeah. Kimberly. I was going to say because Havoc usually booked as like this, this unbeatable heel, like she was like powerful. I was wondering about that. Yeah, because I think I think they had a pass, and I think they wrestled somewhere at some other independent. I have to look. I have to do more research on it. Uh, they, yeah. they had like a pass somewhere else because like when they introduced them um, backstage, uh, they were kind of hinting toward they, hey, I, you know, I'm back, or hey, I get to see you again, or something like that. And so, so I think they're building that, which is they kind of need it because there's not a lot of women on the roster that are actually wrestling. So, mm-hmm. um, um, that that was good to me. And um, Madison Rain does uh, this thing called locker room talk. And, okay, and so she was doing. She's doing one. She does it with Johnny Swinger. Johnny Swinger's uh, I think he's uh, um, he's like comedian guy. You know, he's a comedian wrestler. Does funny stuff. And they they had a guest. Ken Shamrock came out, and he was talking about you know all his late his latest matches and stuff like that. And uh, Michael yeah. Michael England comes out and starts beating him up. And so, ooh, I like Michael. I like Michael and He's really good. Yeah. Uh, I said his name wrong, didn't I? <laughs> you said Michael England. <laughs> <You're talking. laughs> oh, Freddy Krueger here. <laughs> uh, how, how, do you, how, do, how do you pronounce it? El- Elgin? Mike Elgin. Elgin. Elgin, yeah. Elgin, okay. Yeah, it could be Elgin. But so, I've heard, uh, every time I hear him, they always say Elgin. But yeah, I like him. He came up to Tulsa and wrestled for a couple times whenever Compound was there. Did he really? Yeah. Then in the North, they had one of the people from the North come down, too. Because we've seen them there, and then they wrestled on Bound for Glory the next day, and we were like, "We just seen him in Tulsa." Yeah, yeah, I like he's a little short, stocky guy. Yeah, I like he, him. Yeah, he's good. He's really strong. He's strong, mm-hmm. he's strong as heck. I liked him when he was in Ring of Honor, and I liked him when he went over to Japan for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, he he did some good stuff over there. So, um, but so he beat old Ken Shamrock with a yeah, pipe. Yeah, he he beat, <laughs> he, he beat him up with a pipe, and is like, you know, okay, I guess they're setting him up to. For Sham- Shamrock to push him to put him over, I guess. So, yep, that's what it sounds like. And then uh, Trey with the Rascals had a match with uh, Ra- Rahib Haju, and okay, he's been doing like he's been like this uh, Rahib. Uh, he's been doing these promos like in the last couple of weeks that you know Impact overlooks him and he wants to be considered for the Impact title. And yeah. they've been doing all these promos, and then he loses on this first round. I I don't understand that. <laughs> That makes no. Well, it's kind of like if you look at WWE with Mustafa yeah. Ali. They had all those things about walking the streets and defending people. Yeah. And they, never, they never put them on TV. Yeah, I, think, I don't get that. That I, makes no sense. Why are you going to burn money and not use them? I think I think he's he's injury. That guy was injury prone, and I think they kind of they kind of saw it afterwards. So, oh, that makes sense. So, um, and then uh, they did a segment with the North. They did it last week, where the North is defending its titles. Like they're they're I think they're actually stuck in Canada. They can't get out of Canada. Oh, that makes sense. And so they're actually doing they're actually doing a promo there where they they say we're going to defend our titles, but in Canada. <laughs> and so they're at some like rinky dink uh, wrestling ring, and they just take, yeah. they just take on like guys you know don't wrestle. And they, <laughs> the yeah, so they've been 
they've been they've been like squashing whoever they're they're wrestling and um, oh, that's so funny. I'm trying to see what was the name of this this one. It was it was called the the s'mores. The it was like the smos the smos or something. Yeah, the smos. That's what it looks like you wrote. And it was like they were they were skinny guys. They're like maybe like a buck a buck forty. <laughs> maybe it's the smooth. <laughs> Like remember off of uh, I don't know if I saw a movie, but Lucky Number Eleven. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman. He had a comic book character he liked, or whatever it was in the book called The Smooth. So maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But I thought you were gonna. I was laughing because I thought you were gonna say the North was trapped in Mexico, and I was gonna laugh because they're <laughs> from the North, but they're trapped down the South. No. That would have been. That's where I thought you were going. But that's funny. But yeah, that's that's what you do though. Don't you know if you're a good heel tag team and you're stuck somewhere, you just squash. You come back with like a. Four hundred ninety-two and zero record. Yeah. You just you're, you're we've defeated everybody. So the last the, the last match was Moose versus Suicide, and I I you know I was telling Ooh. you before I really like Moose. Yeah. I like what he's doing. This yeah. this angle he's doing where he uh, he occupies the the TNA old mm-hmm. title and says he's the TNA <laughs> champion. And so. So it's actually it's really good. So hopefully when everything gets back in order, they'll mm-hmm. they'll have a match where they like combine, you know, they unified the titles, the the TNA and the that would be cool. So and then maybe change like the title again, make it a bigger, nicer, you know, glorified title or something looking and stuff. I think so. that would be good. Because they don't, their titles, a lot of people make fun of because it's not really a wrestling organization. They need to do yeah. something and have a good belt. But I, I just think it's funny because of what you said last week. I was like, oh, who? Moose could have lost that title he didn't really ever have. Yeah. That didn't make me laugh. Um, okay, let's jump over to NXT. Okay. I, I watched, I started watching this one, but I didn't, uh-huh. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't finish it. Okay, I remember you texted me. And said, "Hey, I'm watching NXT." I was like, "Cool," but yeah, I watched all of it. I thought it was really good. I got it. Uh, this is one I don't let my kids watch a lot because they do sometimes have stronger language, yeah, um, and and stuff. And my kids woke up on the uh, what was it, Caden Carter versus Aaliyah match. My daughter did, so I had to fast forward through the Johnny Gargano Candice LeRae promo because of uh, the good healness that they are, kind of like the Shayna Baszler thing. Yeah. Um, and then my daughter asked me tons of questions about Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. So. Yeah, I did I did watch that one, their their match, where mm-hmm. um, I think he accidentally, uh, Riddle actually threw, uh, I think, uh, Marcel, I think it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hit- yeah no, that was earlier. I mean, she woke up on, oh, okay. had, she watched okay. the last, last match, where they had the singles competition Oh, oh yeah, they where they were having the uh, the grudge match. Okay. Yes, yes. That's when she woke up and watched, and she asked me a lot of questions. She thought Matt Riddle's name was Byron Saxon because I had the captions on. Yeah. <laughs> and she couldn't say his name, right? I was like, maybe that name's Matt Riddle. They just said Byron. I was like, no, that's the announcer. She's like, oh, I'm confused. And then she just went <laughs> Because, like, uh, Riddle and Thatcher lost the, the NXT tag titles to, mm-hmm. uh, imp- what is it called, uh, Imperium? Imperium. Imperium. Yeah. Yes. So I, I knew that was coming eventually, right? They were yeah. they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna gather up all the goals as, as um oh, they uh, have to. like like that other faction did, you know, and they got all the gold and stuff. So I, that's yeah, what, well, undisputed era. Yeah, yeah. So, so they I kind of figured that they were gonna do that. So I, I it's a good move, and plus also it sets up so 
So just just to jump around on NXT, because uh, we're talking about uh, Thatcher and Riddle, I think it's good because because Pete Dunne picked Thatcher out. Yeah. So like, if you ever watch any of the after the Bru- the Broser weights won, Matt Riddle did do a lot of stuff where he was trying to show. Uh, uh, I just drew a blank. Uh, was trying to show uh, Stallion Pete. Um, a good time and Pete Dunn didn't really get America. And then this one, he turned on him and then they had the thing about, you know, I came to do this and you wanted to have game shows and stuff like that. So what happens when Pete Dunn comes back? Does he side with Timothy Thatcher and they create a uh, strong style tag team? Cause that's mm-hmm. what they both are really good at. Yeah. Or does he come back and, and side with Riddle, or does he come back? Say he's siding with Riddle, and they have a tag team match, and then he turns kind of like when um, Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunne and joined the Undisputed Era. So right. it's a it's a really good storytelling because you don't know what's going to happen. It would make it would. So make, I, I think it's really good. It would make sense to, to someone to turn on Dunne again. Now that would be, they know that would be good too. Like it could be, it could be that he comes back and he's and he's talking to Timothy Thatcher, and Timothy Thatcher is like, "Oh, well, you just don't understand." Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "But you costed me the title." And he's right. like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's go challenge again." And then they go to fight Imperium, and then Thatcher turns on him and says, "This is my time. You're just holding me back." You know what I'm saying? Because yep. that's the angle it looks like. As I came out to not to tap people out, because even after. Uh, Matt Riddle beat him. He jumped in and put him in the Fuiyama Fuiyara. See, I can't even say like the name is throwing me, but the armbar that he does. Yeah, and you know what I mean. So yep. this that storyline that they have going on that's really good because there's so many different angles that it could go. Um. Also, uh, I did watch uh, the Cameron Grimes and uh, Finn Balor match. Yeah, and I was actually surprised that Grimes beat Balor. So. I like it that they made the Damien Priest because I wonder because I, I was just talking the other day to myself. I said, "Self, what happened to Keith Lee?" Because Damien Priest had a had a thing with Keith Lee, yeah. and now Keith Lee's not on TV anymore. So I like it that he's attacking Finn Balor. I really like that. And then I like that he hit him with the nightstick, which costed him the match. I thought that I like his nightstick too. It retracts. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I, what I really like about Cameron Grimes, though, because we were talking about it last week, I like that his in his in Bison that I call it mm-hmm. is on the shoulders. Because when when Finn Balor does it, I always wonder how he does that to where he doesn't hurt the person's chest. Yeah. But then Cameron Grimes, I like the way he does the stomp because he does it on the shoulders. Yeah. Because that's how he did. If you look at Finn Balor's, he like put it right on the shoulder blades. I, I I like that he they do the same move, but it's totally different. Yeah, and both are very believable. Damian Damian Priest used to be Punishment Martinez and and Ring yeah. of Honor, and Ring of Honor. And I loved and I love Punish and I love I love Punishment Martinez. I even like Damian Priest. I like the yeah. characters that they've given him. So I think that would be a good match because they both have really good styles. I had thought Luchasaurus was Punishment Martinez whenever I first saw him. <laughs> It's like they they almost had the same build, you know. They're both yeah. tall and stuff. I go, man, I go, mm-hmm. is that punishment, Martinez? <laughs> but, <laughs> I, well, hey, I thought I thought in the beginning when I saw him because he does the archer thing. I thought for a second that he used to be King Cuerno because King Cuerno always did the yeah. archer thing. Yeah, but then I realized that wasn't King Cuerno. He's the guy 
in the maps that's in the tournament right now for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. But yeah, I thought Damian Priest was was King Cuerno for a second. I got all excited, and then I was like, wait. I was like, I looked it up, and it said Martinez. I'm like, darn it, that's punishment Martinez. Never mind. And I knew exactly who he was. I didn't even go into his Wikipedia page. Um, we're, we're at 33 minutes now right now. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's move on, and we can do you can either we can either do AEW or SmackDown. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's let's do let's do SmackDown. Okay. Since since we talked about Raw already, so um, okay, yeah. Elias beats King Corbin uh, in, a, I like in, it. in a singles match, and so I guess I guess uh, Elias came back because I guess he was out for a while. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he was hurt or he just didn't want to do the COVID thing. But uh, I don't know, but they put him out well in the storyline. Yeah, and then uh, they they they're pushing him over because like I I don't really know who I because I they they could have do they could have done Corbin with against anybody because like I know I know go ahead no I'm sorry go ahead no I just I you know because like they were it looked like they were building him up against like you know Otis and then like uh, Alistair Black I know they're on they're on different brands and you know you know mm-hmm. him him throwing Alistair off the roof him and Ray and I, I didn't know where yeah. they I didn't know where they were going to go with it and then when. Whenever Elias came out and hit him with the guitar when he's on top of the ladder, <laughs> I go, okay, yep. that's that's where they're gonna go. They're they're gonna continue this deal, so um, that makes and sense. That's the good thing about COVID is they're actually continuing storylines. Yep. Um, but if you look at it though, this this tournament is weird because you know what I'm saying, like like King Corbin, you know, uh, lost to Elias. They they put Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan. You know, it's like, are we just going to end this storyline now? I yeah. mean, I don't understand that because they were. I thought they were going to build them up as a tag team, and now you have this, and now that's going to. To me, I think that that would add dissension to your tag team. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, well, you beat me, so maybe we shouldn't be partners. And I'm like, are you just wanting to destroy this tag team? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's very weird. That is weird, and it's like, um. I'm pretty sure Daniel's not going to get the the Intercontinental title again, but that's just me. Um, but they're probably just doing, they're probably just doing it just to fill, just to fill mm-hmm. like singles match and on on the show or something. That's, I think so. That's just how I look at it. But um, Dana Brooke beats Naomi, which I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. They've been pushing Naomi for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think you know because like the the spot that she had you know on Money in the Bank and then. Where she goes yep. into that conference room when she takes down, <laughs> and, and then she gets hit by the picture. I think. See, I think. Oh. I think. You know. I think that I like that she's she's taking this opportunity and she's doing this stuff. But yeah. I also I also think if if there was a crowd there, yeah, you could potentially think about that she could be like the next star because she probably she's yep. probably going to get a pop, you know. And it's just kind of so. it's kind of a shame that there's no crowd there because she probably would be getting it right now. I think so too. So. And then uh, they closed out with Otis and Braun Strowman against Miz and Morrison. <laughs> so I I like that. I like that. I like that he listened to Mandy Rose. Yeah. And Braun Strowman accepted. Yeah. And I then I, I liked the little fake swerve at the end where you thought he was going to cash in, but he didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he was like like he was. I don't know what he was going to do. Like he was like you know wow. getting like he was squatting really low, like he's going to do something and. You know, yeah, he didn't. Oh, sorry, big man. Just kidding. We <laughs> <laughs> cracked it. I'm very upset. I hope if there the are different points that I read, I hope it's true. They were talking about how he 
I, something's going on with Tucker. I mean, you know, we talked about that. Whatever yeah. happened to Tucker? And he only they only got mentioned once. He was talking about he the fancy name for diet for having internal plumbing issues. Yeah. But um, I read like two or three different articles that said that he's going to use that and cash it in for the uh, tag team titles wow. with Tucker. So I hope that's true because I don't like we talked about. Um, I don't see him as the champion. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's good that he's got this pop, but he's better as a tag team. You, you know what I'm saying? That's you, where he excels. You know, that would make, that would make a whole lot of sense because they, number one, he's, he's going to, he's going to cash it in. Number two, mm-hmm. it's going to be on something that he's, they're strong with is tag teaming. Mm-hmm. And it would be the yep. first time someone's ever actually ever done that. Yeah, and look at look what look at what Charlotte did. Charlotte did it for NXT, but it it, it does. And I read, I was like, that makes a lot of sense too, because you could have a really good because it's the new day, so you could have you could and, and they and they he was on Miz and Morrison's show and he went up against them. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but to me, what I think would be great if you're going to give Heavy Machinery the the, the belts, um, you have at whatever pay per view it is, you have the new day versus Miz and Morrison. And they have a and they have a really like no DQ match or something like that, whatever it may be. So they beat each other up, and then at the very end, you know, what I'm saying like um, they come the Miz and Morrison win the title. Miz and Morrison win the title, but they're both really hurt. And then you hear the music. <laughs> Tucker comes down with Tucker comes down with Otis. Tucker takes out Tucker takes out Morrison, and then the Miz is already there. And then you see him do the caterpillar and the elbow. And then he pins Miz, and they win a title. That's that's how I would book it. But again, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but that would be I, great because I they already that. made fun of him. I think that would be a great. And now, do you let him keep it for long? Probably not. Man, but I, I think that. that would be really good. Uh, I, that's how I would book it, though. I love that. That's actually a great idea. And I hope they're listening. And I hope they listen to Roll the Pearl. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be great, and that okay. would be a good thing. And you. You protect the new day. Yeah, you still protect Miz and Morrison, but you let the heavy machinery have it for a moment. Yeah, because then, because then you know you you, you know because they're they're the the tag team heels and the tag team heels got to lose. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam. I hope they do it at SummerSlam. Oh, that would be great. SummerSlam <laughs> would be a good one. I think you're right. So, but anyway, um, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and let's end on okay. let's, let's end on that good note. <laughs> I like it. That's really good. Well, thank you for having me again. This Man. is super fun. And and I'm not gonna lie, I, your your nephew I think was right because if that was the time that he worked there, I, I was into McGrimmels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, he's right. That, that's I think funny. he's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, thanks thanks for being a part of this, man. Uh hey, you're welcome. And I look I look forward to next week and we'll we'll Yes uh, sir. We'll get it going and and good there night. We ev- go. Good night everybody. Good night. Big I must be you a G. And so, goodbye, <laughs> and good night, bye. <laughs> <laughs>